Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Jennifer Ciata. I am a flight attendant on private jets and I am on the Hollywood Raw podcast. And I am telling you about the biggest celebs I flew. Who's nice? Who's a jerk? And also... How did a Saudi prince accuse me of stealing his phone? Tune in. Hey, everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From Page Six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. My name is Adam Glenn, joined by the founder of Celebrity Wiki Feet, Dax Holt. <laughs> <laughs> Doing good. Doing really Doing good. good. You guys are listening to the number one anti-pollution, anti-child trafficking podcast. Uh, <laughs> celebrity news podcast entertainment news podcast in the world uh if you support any other ones just know you're also supporting child trafficking you're also supporting pollution you're also ordering uh you're also supporting uh you know pollution and then the end of the coral reefs in the ocean so make the best decision <laughs> so dumb. we have a fun podcast today we have uh dax have you ever flown private no no <laughs> i haven't so did, i'm poor i'm gonna assume that if you listen to our podcast you haven't Uh, uh, you don't know that i don't know that but i'm gonna guess but uh based on uh based on nothing um but we uh we have a person who we have a a lady who jennifer who does an amazing podcast but what she does is she's a private flight attendant she is she flies the one working on those private jets getting to hear all the tea all the gossip hang out with these billionaires millionaires celebrities everyone that actually is able to take these private jets places so we're going to take a little bit of insight at how that world works um because i know how sprint airlines works i know how united <laughs> airlines work i usually i'm sitting back near the bathroom i'm always in group four boarding the plane i never get fucking bumped it sucks however if you're willing to spend the money you could pretty much fly a very very lavish lifestyle and we're gonna hear all the dirt how it works how much it costs to some of the some of the things that celebrities want when they and this this is fun because we've we've you know we've talked to bodyguards we've talked to stylists we've talked to all these people paparazzi we've never talked to a private flight attendant so this is a first for us this is popping our uh, our our cherry when it comes to corporate flight attendants very cool. I'm very excited. And wait till our next episode when we talk to celebrity gardeners. If you want to know <laughs> what kind of bonsai trees your favorite celebrity likes, we will let you know. If you want to know what your celebrity wants to grow in their garden, we got some we got 
They didn't sign the NDA. We got so Oprah's Gardener. We have Oprah's Gardener, the second string one too. So she's like close. She's like on the bench, ready to go in there. Before we, before we get to Jennifer and uh, talk to her, because I'm really excited to talk to her. She's uh, she's got some great stories. We do a thing on this podcast where we're not a Patreon. The only thing we ask we do is leave a review, five star only. Say a few kind words. If you do that, we'll actually read your review live on air. It's the best thing to do to support this podcast, to be honest with you, from what they tell us. It helps out with the algorithm. We need all the help we can. Come on. We're working in a company in Nebraska. We're trying to get out of Nebraska right now. Um, <laughs> no, Don't say that. We love that. <laughs> no, I love Nebraska. We love Nebraska. Shout out to Herdat. They're great people. Um, but uh, no, this is the best thing to do to support this podcast is uh, leave a review, five-star only, say a few kind words. And if you do it, we'll actually read your review live on air. Dax, you have a review ready for us. Dax, what is it? This one is from Brittany Speaks, uh, left us a five-star review, says, great podcast, my new favorite podcast, love all things pop culture, and love the inside look into the industry. 10 out of 10. Brittany, Brittany Speaks. thank you for leaving that message. We appreciate it. You, you stopped by, uh, gave us you know four minutes of your life, and we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Brittany Speaks. Keep speaking the truth. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're on it all. We got a really cool, fun social. And if you're not Facebook, subscribed to the TikTok podcast, page. you're just dipping in. Subscribe. Don't forget, subscribe. We we appreciate it. On this all right. podcast, we like to reel a fourth wall of Hollywood, and uh, we talk to all different types of people, from the celebrities to the people that work with them, to the people that made them famous, to the paparazzi that shoot these people. It's a whole different perspective of way of pro- approaching entertainment news. With that said, Dax, tell us about our guest today. Well, our guest today is the host of the Corporate Flight Attendant podcast, where she talks all about her stories as a flight attendant, flying private with billionaires, millionaires, celebs, and so much more. Jennifer Ciata, welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. So, Jen, thank you for coming on the podcast. First off, how does someone become a private flight attendant? Yeah, that's a good uh that's a good question because I get asked that a lot because it's such a secret industry, right? You know, people hear about it and there's also a lot of myths about it too. One of the myths is that we're involved with um, commercial and we're not at all. It's two completely separate entities. So I will talk to commercial flight attendants who want to get into it and they'll say, Oh, can I use my buddy pass? And I'm like, Nope, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work like that. If you fly for Netflix, you've, Fly for Netflix. You know, you know what I mean. That's that's how it works. And also, you have private owners that you can fly for or charter companies as well. So, how you get in is you really have to know someone, and that can be a lot harder than you think. So, you have to kind of fall into it. That's what happened to me. Or you have to come from the commercial world where you have those contacts, where let's say you have pilots who fly commercially, but they also do charter or on their off time, they contract in private. And maybe you know those pilots or you know those flight attendants. You can do that as well. But with me, I just fell into the industry. I met someone and he introduced me to the industry and then it was you know, all history, I guess, as they say. So you have to be really lucky in regard to that. I talk about on my podcast too, how you can send in resumes, but you have to have a lot of experience with the rich. That's what you have to show on a resume is like, you have to show that you can handle being with the billionaire in cabin. 
So, so for like, let's give an example, like, cause I'm, I want to know how much it costs to do these private <laughs> flights that like, cause Britney Spears, I swear every other day, she's flying down to Mexico or flying to Hawaii or whatever with Sam and she's doing all of this private. How much does it cost generally to do like a private flight across country? Okay. So yeah, so it depends on the jet. So if you want a baller jet, like, uh, you know, G650, Gulfstream 650, or you want a Falcon 8X or something like that, that's going to cost you around uh, probably about $10,000 an hour. Uh, oh. So <laughs> you have that money, you can you can put it out. Now, if you have the smaller jets, like a Challenger or something like that, then that may cost you half, maybe more like four to 5,000 if you're going New York to LA an hour, I'm sorry, per hour. So it's not cheap. Uh, the catering, if you're someone who wants to order catering, that's not cheap. So all the catering is four times what it would cost at Nobu or where what it would cost at any of these restaurants, Dantana's, anything. So you have to also be prepared for those costs. People, when they fuel up, you're talking fuel bills. If you're going from, let's say, to Europe of $120,000 US. So you have to have absolute baller money. The jets alone cost a uh, new jet, let's say new G650, again, Gulfstream 650. And I just want to uh, give everyone a hot tip. If you watch the Kardashians, they mostly charter in Gulfstreams. And how you can tell they're Gulfstream is because they have the oval windows. So if you ever see oval windows, those are the Gulfstreams. So a G650 would cost you, probably set you back 60 to 80 million, depending on how you want to outfit it. Oof. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. So, so Kim, <laughs> Kim leaving, you know, um, her, her Courtney's wedding in Europe and flying all the way back to LA. How much would that cost then? Because she was in, in, in Italy. Italy. In Italy. Okay. So she's in Italy. I'm just going to say that maybe, oh, now, now you're making me do math. Come on, guys. Now you're making me do <laughs> I'm math. Just, I'm, just so, and I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How so, much she dropped to leave at midnight from her sister's wedding when Kylie was leaving a couple hours later? My guess is probably 10 times, depending on the jet, they probably had a, a bigger, like a G650. So I would say somewhere around 150, maybe 150,000. That's probably about right. And then that's not including the catering. Just so, to have the so, convenience and not be bothered by people. My God. Absolutely. So that's how much money you're talking. And you you hear about these people that are on things like JetSmarter. I don't know if JetSmarter exists, to be honest, but they now have new companies, JetLink, JetSmarter, where you go on these private jets, but with people you don't know, which is, mm -hmm. I don't like that. I think it's a little dangerous, but that's the whole thing. But you go on these jets, it's 14 seats or whatever, and it's people you don't know, but people don't really have to have a membership. So it's not like, hey, I want to just, you know, spend a couple grand, go down to Cabo, go, you know, reserve my seat. It's not like that. You need to have a membership, which probably costs you around like $20,000 or more a year. Just have that membership and then you're paying for all the flights. So does it cost more when you go international because you have to deal with customs or how does that? Yes. Because you have a private Absolutely. customs person, immigration person. Yes. And I'm, I'm just curious, have either of you been on a private debt? No. Oh, yeah. No. You never know. No. I got offered once to go to Vegas and I I couldn't make it there by the time that the, the person needed to go out on their on their jet and kick myself to this day. But no, I have not been on one. 
I you know what? T- did one recently just to take advantage of the pro- like someone I knew was flying private from New York to LA, and I had no reason to go to LA. However, I was gonna do it just to go on the plane. Like they had plenty of room. I was like, yeah, hey, I might as well just jump on the plane with them. And I was almost gonna do it just for the experience. Yeah, next time you got to do it. Just do it. And you know what? <laughs> this podcast is just going up and up. It's so popular that I know you're going to be on a private jet soon. I know it. <laughs> Her dad said, calm down, guys. You ain't getting no private jet anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sitting on, I'm sitting on the back of United right now near the back. So, yeah, near the toilet, in the toilet. Yeah, that's where I am oh. usually. But yes, you're correct. Um, so when you fly internationally, there's all these handling fees, there's all these international fees, there's all these landing fees. Also, you have to think about flying domestically as well. Let's say you have to, you're coming from, I'm just going to say London, you're coming from London and you have to drop off passengers in Newark, right? And then you have to drop off passengers in Teterboro. So Teterboro, New Jersey is 10 minutes outside of the city, New York City, and it's the hub of corporate aviation. So Teterboro and LA are the two hubs. So so you're flying from London, have to drop off in Newark, then have to drop off in Teterboro. What happens is you're going to have to pay all those landing fees for Newark and Teterboro. So then that doubles up as well. So it's constant money going out of your pocket. It really is. And it's really funny. I have to tell you guys something really funny. So uh, with the catering, passengers and owners understand the catering. So they'll like flip about the catering. They're like, why is this shrimp so much? You know, occasionally you don't get that a lot, but occasionally you get that. But the funny part is they're dropping $120,000 on their fuel bill, but they're not saying a word about that, but they're flipping out on shrimp that costs $400. So it always makes me laugh when they do that. I just find that hilarious. <laughs> so, so when you say that it's like 5,000 an hour to fly somewhere, does that not include the fuel? Is that just for the pilot and anyone else that is involved in the flight? Uh, it depends. If you're chartering, that would include the fuel. That okay. absolutely would include okay. the fuel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then how many people can they fit on these planes, by the way? So it depends on the plane. If you're flying something like a Challenger, uh, a Challenger is how many people? Maybe seven, eight. And then if you're flying more of the ones you see on Billions, Succession, the Kardashians, so more the G650, the Falcon 8Xs, they're more like 14 passengers. Gotcha. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. What's, the and then he, lavish, what's the most lavish spread of food you saw on a plane? Hmm. Okay, this is a funny question because you're going to be surprised by this answer. Um, so these rich people, they get the filet mignon and they get the, you know, all the fancy lack of a rack of lamb every, everywhere else, right? They can always go to Nobu for their fancy sushi and the whole thing. Because of that, they have what I call their fun plain food. And their fun plain food is you have no idea the amount of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I've made for billionaires. <laughs> and 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 a major head of state. That's all I can say because I'm still under that confidentiality agreement. But a major past president, that's all I have to say. That's so um funny. yeah, so they major they past love still alive. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Like in the yes. 90s, right? Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) So, so yeah, so they love their Caesar salads. They like their peanut butter and jelly. 
I will bring out, no, this is really funny. Oh, I can't think of the name of the cookies. They're cookies that are really popular in fall and they have, they're like graham crackers. They have chocolate coating. I can't remember, but they only come out every fall and the name's slipping me right now. But I bring out these cookies and I am a goddamn hero. Like they're like, oh my God, this is the best thing. I, I have brought on things from like childhood, like things you would eat as a child and they devour it. They think it's the best thing because remember, they are getting the filet mignon all the time. They're getting all this. So when you feed them the fun, plain food, they think it's the best thing in the world. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I, I could see myself devouring a, a, a PB&J up in the air. That'd be cool. Then you just feel like a baller. You're like... I'm up in the air and I got this like kid food in my hand. I love it. Is there any, is there any rules to being, you know, a, a flight attendant on one of these, like, because you are working with so many celebrities and, you know, politicians and people that are, you know, important, I would say that, you know, you have to know that when you're working this, you can't cross this boundary or you can't, you can't do this. I'm just curious. Yeah. And I'm just curious if you guys heard about the corporate flight attendant, Elon Musk, what happened with that? Did you hear about no, that? What? Came out four days ago. I'll super explain that. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, okay. So I'll answer your question <laughs> and then I'll go back to that. I'm sorry. I went, I went in different order, but yeah. So absolutely. You have to make sure the number one, I can swear on this podcast. You can swear. Yes, go no? for it. Say whatever the fuck okay, you okay, want to say. All right. All right. So the number one rule of a corporate flight attendant, if anyone wants to get into this, is shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear your life story. No one wants to hear about you. You need to look invisible. You need to be invisible. Why? Because these billionaires and multimillionaires have so many employees around them all the time, right? They have a gardener, they have the butler, they have the house manager, they have three assistants. So they don't want to hear out of your mouth. They just want their, you know, food or whatever. And they just want you to be quiet. All I do when someone comes on the plane is good morning, good afternoon, good evening. That's it. I have a rule and there are exceptions to this rule. And I'm going to tell a couple stories where there's, you know, you're going to see, okay, now you're a hypocrite, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but mostly when you get on the plane, I always say, if you speak over one sentence, it's been a bad flight. You do not want to speak to these people. So that's one of the rules. You sign confidentiality agreements. So I really don't have a lot of conversations. I do if they if they want to converse with me. I'm happy to converse with anyone. Uh, a good example, I'll give a good name drop if you want a good name drop here. Um, Joe Namath, he was a famous football player back in the day. He was on one of my flights. He's the nicest person. His The team he works with is the nicest people. I'm talking agent, lawyer, those type of people. Nicest people. And he was someone who you know, wanted to talk. And I don't know why, but he and his, his team were very interested in talking to me. And of course I talked back and I liked them very much, but that's rare. That is a rare, rare thing. So yeah, you have to stay invisible. I always say too, you know, you, I'm, I always say I'm perfect plane size because I'm five foot one, I'm really tiny. And so I have a look to me where you guys can see me. If you're looking on YouTube, you can see me too. Like, Listen, I'm 44 years old. I, I I have no illusions. I am not the five foot ten <laughs> supermodel walking down the catwalk. Let's let's call it what it is, right? So I have a good look because I'm I'm not someone who really stands out in that way. Now, the one of the myths of the industry is that you want that smoking hot blonde. 
you do, sometimes you do, and they'll request it. And they definitely have those companies, especially for certain charter companies. But let me tell you something, the smoking hot blondes don't last a lot because they always meet a wife who hates their guts. <laughs> always. Always, always the billionaire wife, or I guess in Kim's case, the billionaire themselves that say, ah, 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 ah. nope, get off my flight. I got the wives win. Let me tell you something, the wives win. So, uh, yeah, so I've done well, I think, because I have a lot of emotional intelligence. So you have to deal with the mercurial nature of these people. They'll come on the plane. They'll be so nice. Jennifer, how are you? How's your day going? Did you have a nice day? Whatever. Five minutes later, they don't even want to look at you, talk to you. They don't want to be near you. They're not answering you. You have to be able to deal with that and also to have the emotional intelligence to back off and know not when to engage with these people. And that's the hardest part of the job. And if you have emotional intelligence, you're good at it. And I think that's why I have been successful because of my look and because, you know, I'm, I'm good at that emotional intelligence part and being intuitive. And to answer the second part with Elon Musk, uh, four days ago, a corporate flight attendant came out, said that she was, um, I, I believe, touched on the leg in cabin. She, he, Elon Musk had asked, now this is all allegedly, allegedly, Elon Musk allegedly asked her to go back into cabin, into a private part of the cabin, probably the bedroom is my guess, and give him a massage. And she, she said that he exposed himself, allegedly, and touched her leg and said in exchange, um, he would buy her a horse. I have no idea. Don't. <laughs> I, if you, I've read now two accounts of this, but I'm like, I, I don't even know where the horse thing came. No one's horse. offered, I, no one's offered me a horse yet, so I have no idea. But um, it sounds a little strange, and I'll tell you why. Because if I ever had someone on one of my flights ask me to go into the private bedroom and give me a massage, and I'm not saying he did that; it's all alleged, but. Uh, that's weird. Like that, that part to me just doesn't make sense because I would go that I, my next stop would be the pilots and be like, this guy just asked me to give a massage in the back of the plane. And that's not happening. That's not my job. So I don't know. Get a horse home on the plane is the second part. <laughs> Good. No, point. So have, have you ever, have you ever been hit on by uh, anyone in one of your flights? Yeah. It had to be, by the way, before you even answer this question, you mentioned Joe Namath. Have you ever seen the video of Joe Namath drunk at a football game hitting on the sideline reporter? Oh, I have. Like, I just want. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just like, I want to kiss you, which is one of the best videos. So, I mean, Joe Namath, I expect him to be nice to a female on a plane where there's no one else to talk to. He probably hasn't talked to a, a young woman in a long time. But, yeah, have you been hit on on a plane? You know, I, I, ha I have to say this. I a little bit, but hardly. People are always surprised by this answer. Hardly, because I, I keep it very professional. I have my hair back. I'm kind of no nonsense. I, you know, I keep it very, I keep a very fine boundary. And I'll tell you something. Oh, this is going to be every straight guy's dream, what I'm about to say. So I had an account where I um, supervised models who were flight attendants. So they brought, you know, me, the old bitch in to uh, just uh, supervise all the young, gorgeous girls. Right. And by the way, they were lovely women, lovely, very smart. I really liked working with these young women. 
And I have to say, I mean, imagine these gorgeous models roaming around the cabin. Uh, they never got hit on, never. And maybe people were intimidated by them, but a lot of these guys had money, so I doubt they were intimidated by them. But I never saw any funny business because I think it's a certain energy you give out. I really do because I, I know the stories, of course, and you can look up the stories of where, you know, flight attendants, corporate flight attendants have hooked up with passengers and the whole thing. Um, but you, you know, I think there is an energy you give out. A, I'm open to it and I'm happily married and I'm, I'm not open to it. So and money doesn't impress me in that way because I've seen so much at this point if that makes sense. And to me, it's just, you know, I guess I'm fine being poor because it's not worth the money with how some of these people treat women. If you know what I mean? Yeah, totally get it. But you don't, you don't have a horse is the problem. That's, that's whatever every girl's dream is to get the horse. Can I say something though? I have cows. My husband and I own a cow farm, so I have something better. I have cows. <laughs> uh, I'm not, that story is going to live in my memory for a very long time. I'll give you a massage. If you give me a massage, I'll give you a horse. All right. Yeah. Have you seen people have sex on the plane? I have not. I've heard things. I have not seen things because between the galley, which is a small kitchen of the plane and the cabin, there's a door. So I've definitely heard some suspicious things. I haven't seen it. Uh, I had a friend who flew with these people who like to have sex in front of people. And that was their thing. And she ended up getting a massive tip because of it. I, she, she didn't do anything, but she, that was their like turn on to, mm -hmm. you know, she would go back in cabin and give them food and they kept asking, they kept, you know, ringing the bell for more food and they were having sex. And it was a long flight. I want to say it was an eight hour flight. Oh, wow. And, uh, but she made Good a lot of money them. on that flight. Yeah, I know. And there was a bunch of people. So it was a whole thing going on. So yeah, uh, there's also a rumor that there's um, something like an orgy plane that goes from New York to LA every once in a while. I have not asked to... <laughs> It has to be on the orgy plane, but it does happen. Things like that absolutely Now, do are these like the orgy plane? Would that be involving celebrities or this is just rich people that want to have rich, a good time? Rich people want to have a good time that I know of. Wow. All right. Yeah. Have, have you seen people doing like drugs and stuff on the plane? I haven't seen anyone do drugs, although I, I smelled a lot of pot. I mean, pot's legal most places now, mm -hmm. but uh, I smelled a lot of pot when it wasn't legal in the cargo. But besides that, I have not seen any. Um, no, I have. I have not seen <laughs> anyone do drugs in front of me on the plane. I've heard now I've seen drugs in the bathroom, like mm -hmm. I've seen it in drawers. And I know these people, you know, I come back in the cabin and they are not sober. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, I've, it's it happens. It happens. Yeah, of course. And have you seen? Okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, have you have you seen anybody like, you know, with drugs? You see a lot of it. Has anybody been smuggling drugs through one of your planes? I don't know that I've never seen. I can say that honestly, the only thing that came close was when I smelled all that pot in the cargo. And we went, I can't even remember the flight. Maybe it was like New York to Florida or something, but nothing ever happened with it. So I, I don't know, but nope, never, never had that happen. Okay. So what other celebs have you ran into on these private flights? Okay. So I'll do some name dropping. Um, the first one is Bruce Willis. 
uh, which I feel terrible for what he's going through because he's such a nice person. He's a lovely person. Have you guys met him, seen him in person? I'm sure you have. I have. Yeah. And when you see Bruce Willis in person, I don't know if you agree with me, Adam, but when you see him in person, he he looks different. Like when you see him in the movies, he's all tanned up. They have, you know, black hair on him, the whole thing. But he actually he's a really good looking guy, but he's much taller than I thought. And he also looks like a grandpa. Like he he looks more he looks his age is what I want to say. And he was extremely friendly, extremely nice, very respectful, knew my name. Uh, his manager that is, I guess, his close friend, he was also a really nice guy. So I found them two very nice people. Uh, another one I also flew was Michael J. Fox, who oh, I also found. Huge one. Yeah, yeah. And I flew him and his family, and they were lovely, lovely people. Nicest people ever. I have to say, I probably flew him several years ago, and he, for having Parkinson's, he looks amazing. I don't know what they're giving him, but he looks amazing. He looks young. He looked great. He was, he thanked me profusely. I felt it was genuine because I have, I have a good sense now if people are being genuine or not. Right. So, um, I felt he was a genuine guy, really nice guy. Family was a really nice guy as well. A really nice people as well. So I flew them, uh, females. The way that I, that Adam, oh. Adam, have, have you, do you, I wouldn't think that Michael J. Fox had like private flight money. What, you, is he that rich still? Who knows? It, he was a passenger. Okay. He was a passenger. Oh. He was a passenger. He was yeah. okay. Joe Namath. I didn't know how Joe Namath would have the money. Passenger. Okay. Okay. Passenger. Sorry. Who, uh, who else was on the ladies list for flights? So ladies list. Um, I hope you guys know these people. Uh, I don't fly a lot of ladies. I, I stick mainly to the businessmen. But um, I think her name is Jane Krakowski. Yep. She, she was like the Malcolm in the middle woman. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Rock, she, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. She's very nice. I found her to be a very nice, humble. I saw her last week. No way. Really? No, we'll get it. That's all. <laughs> Go on. But she was really nice. I found her really nice and humble. And then, um, I don't know if you guys know this name. I think it's Joanna Cole or Joanna Coles. She is the executive producer of the um, the show called The Bold Type. She okay. was a she was a big editor in chief over at Cosmopolitan, all of that. But I found her to be extremely nice. Again, passenger, the person she flew with, not so nice. But I found her to be a lovely person as well. So those are my top picks. So wait, wait. How often are you seeing celebs flying with? rich people and these rich people are picking up the bill all the time all the time because it's 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 the multi multi-millionaires and the billionaires who have the pj money they own those private jets so you see that all the time i've, I've flown a lot of i'm under confidential uh, confidentiality agreements for these but um i fly a lot of um sports team owners so okay. I see a lot of that too. And then the celebs will come with them and some really big celebs as well. But uh, yeah, I've flown a lot of that. And I found that the sports team owners are so nice and a lot of them are billionaires and they're, and I have to say the billionaires, I don't know what it is. I find them to be some of the nicest people. 
I really do. And the people that I have the most problems with that everyone has the most problems with are the nannies and the assistants and the makeup artists. Those are the people who are the biggest pains in the asses. Why are they a huge pain in the ass? Because they ha are bossed around all day long. So when they can boss you around, they like to do that. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. So how does it work with what people make you sign a confidentiality agreement and the other people that don't like it just depends. Yeah. They just present it to me and I sign it and it usually has to do with their company. So the management company they work with, I, I either sign a broad one for the management company, which covers everyone, or I don't sign anything or I sign by owner. It just, it absolutely depends. So interesting. Yeah. Um, so if something goes down on a flight, whether that be <laughs> a fist fight or something going on, like do the does the pilot does it do they ever get involved do they come out and try to talk people down like what what happens or no, is I, it like oh it's a private flight like do what you want mm -mm. no there are rules and you have to understand that the pilots and the flight attendants are under FAA regulation so let's say that you know i think it was um the Kevin Hart documentary where he got in a fist fight or something on his plane did you guys see that yeah, him and his trainer boss were just got into a, it was a pretty just aggressive argument. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Alleged. Yeah. Just, just an, just an uh, argument. Video, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No fist, but it was an aggressive argument. It was an aggressive argument. If you saw at the end, I remember they were talking to the police there. They had the police there. And what happens is, let's say I'm in cabin, something like that happens. I start to see people just, you know, I'll tell them to calm down. I'll tell them to sit in their seats strap on their belts. They need to calm down. If they don't do it, next step is getting the pilot. If they will not calm down for the pilot, then we're landing the plane. That's it. They're just emergency landing because you it's a safety issue. You, what happens if this person decides to be belligerent and go into the cockpit and punch the, punch the pilot in the face? Right. Yeah. You, you don't know how this person's going to react. And then the whole plane goes down. So you have to be very strict with that. The FAA is very strict with that. So let's say that this huge fight that was a safety issue happened on the plane. The pilots did nothing about it. I did nothing about it. But then somehow it gets to the FAA. Then there's going to be a problem. Like it may not be, you know, it may be definitely just a talking to, but the FAA is extremely strict. This is why air travel you know, I know people like to shit all over air travel here in the U.S., but it's run pretty well compared to the rest of the world. You know, Canada does well and Australia and whatever. But like, you know, if you're going to some of these countries, the air travel is a little scary. But we here in the U.S. are very strict with FAA rules. Um, and I should say Europe does a good job, too, most of Europe. But so you have to make sure safety first at all times. That's my job. Safety first at all times times. It, it, you know, if we have to land the plane, I, I, I did an episode two on what happens if, you know, let's say you have a, an alleged incident, like with Elon Musk, let's say, uh, you know, someone, I'll use myself as an example. Someone um, asked me to come back into cabin. I feel unsafe. You know, first of all, if I felt unsafe, I wouldn't go, but let's say it just elevated to that level and I got touched or something or something worse happened. Right. I was assaulted in some, you know, some horrible way. I would hopefully be able to, you know, go up to the pilots. I would tell them what happened and they would land the plane. They would just go back to the passenger and they would say, the owner, we are emergency landing. 
Uh, you have to sit in your seat. Service is closed. That's it. We get down on the ground. The police have already been called and the ambulance has already been called. Most likely they would not tell that owner or passenger that the police or, or emergency is on its way because they don't yeah. want an escalation of anything. So that's what, what, what would happen. And, and, you know, that's good. You know what I mean? That protects us. And I, I don't know if you guys want to hear a story. I had a story where I wasn't protected and where things went wrong. Uh, so yes, of course we do. <laughs> so I was on this trip. It was Christmas day. So of course I didn't want to fly. And just so you know, as a corporate flight attendant, if this is something you're interested in, you're going to be flying holidays. You're going to be flying your kids' birthdays. You're going to be flying the first school recital. You know, if you, if you want to get into this, that's what it is. So I was Christmas day. This guy comes on the plane. He's all right. Uh, I don't even know the name now, but he's a, a big, uh, multi-multi-millionaire down in South America. That's all I'll say. And um, he comes on the plane. They didn't have his request. So I usually get a list, an email of the passenger's request. I got nothing for this guy. I even asked. There was nothing. Comes on the plane. Saw I did not have, I think it was Fiji water flips out on me, screams at me, going crazy. I have an hour and a half flight with this guy and he's just insulting me the entire time, the way I pour wine. By the way, he speaks English as a second language. Um, I'm American. English is my first language. Correcting my English. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my English. Everything I did was wrong. Uh, just insulting, screaming, I, again, my height, I'm five foot one. He's probably six foot three. He comes into the galley, which is a small kitchen of the plane. He looms over me. He doesn't touch me, but he's verbally just going off, abusing me, screaming at me. Over uh, whole Fiji thing. water? Over whole everything, everything. Fiji water. We didn't have a few of his requests, just everything. He was just going nuts over everything. Now here is where things get a little crazy is his family is sitting there like nothing's happening. Like it's a day at the park. They're just, you know, watching their iPads and eating TV or eating TV, eating their food, watching TV. That's the part I find the craziest on these things is when the family has no reaction. Like if imagine if my father acted like that, you know, or your father acted like that, you would kill him. Like, you know, you'd sedate him. You would do something, right? I so, guess if you're just used to it, if that's what dad always does, then right, you're exactly. used to seeing him berate people. Right. I guess. But I mean, again, the money is not worth it to me, but that's just me. So um, I went to the pilots. They basically did nothing about it. This is a good example of where they did nothing about it. Uh, we get on the ground. The guy gives me a huge tip, which is really odd. I call the company the next day to explain my side of the story because I know the guy's going to complain. They said he liked me. They're like, oh, he liked you. That's I'm like, what? That's that's, really that's crazy. Weird. And the only the only thing I can say is that I didn't cry. I was one of the flight attendants that he didn't make cry. So I think that's why he liked me. I uh, never flew with him again. I stopped working with that management company because they I found out through that phone call that he had done this to other flight attendants, <clears throat> excuse me, and does this all the time. And that to me is not supporting your employees. If you put them in that situation and then you don't give them the requests. Do you know what I mean? So um, that's a situation that just did not go down well. And I ended up leaving the company. Wow. What, what, uh, that's an insane story. Yeah. What <laughs> is the biggest tip you've ever received? 
Oh, I received um, a thousand bucks from um, a Kentucky Derby winner. I flew, <laughs> I flew one of the way. And it's funny because they kind of had to give me a lot of money because they told me how much they won. They won like an insane amount of money from that horse. So they kind of were like, here's a thousand bucks because they, I think they felt bad at that point saying and announcing in cabin how much they won. Was it over I, a million dollars they won? Um, no, I want to say it was more like 120, something like that, 120,000, something like that. But it was, uh, well, the one guy won, I should say, I don't know how much collectively they all won. And that was a weird flight too. That was a definite weird flight because I remember they were vaping the whole time, which you're not allowed to do. And we stopped them, but they, they, well, you should, I should say they tried to vape the whole time. And the weirdest, that's not the weirdest part. The weirdest part is this woman <laughs> was vaping and breastfeeding her baby. Oh, that's yeah. different. It's very yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, very <laughs> classy. Class, money does not equal class. Class does not equal, you know, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so have you been involved, like, like, have you had any people on a plane, like, have, like, scandals, like they're trying to run away from the government or their family or their sexuality? I don't know. It's just something, like, crazy. Like, they're like, I got to go. Like, like they're big in the news, life. do you mean? Yeah, like they're in the news, but like they're trying to escape something. Like, hurry up. We got to go. We got to go. I've never had that. Sorry. I, I don't know. That. What, what about, I don't know the story. What about like royalty? Have you ever flown any royalty? Oh, I have a good royalty. royalty. Like Saudis. I have a good story for you. This one's good. It's a little long, but it's you're going to like it. I promise. So I flew this guy who... Unfortunately, I'm under a confidentiality agreement, but you would know the name. If I said the name, he had a passenger uh, who was a Saudi prince. And um, by the way, when you fly Saudi royalty, they're all royalty over there. Like, it's not like England where you have one or two princes. It's like you have, you know, 500 princes. So I flew one of the princes and we flew from New York to the Middle East. So we fly to New York to the Middle East. In the wow. midst of the flight, he says... <laughs> He's like, I can't find my phone. You have to help me find my phone. The Saudi prince. I'm like, okay. So we go along trying to find the phone. There is this side table. It's, it's table's a strong word for it, but this side panel. And if you look at a Gulf stream, for example, and you look under the window, there's this wooden side panel, right? And you lift it up. And when you lift it up, that's where the table comes out of, if that makes sense. I hope yep. I'm making sense. So when you lift it up, we call it the hole of death because a lot of cell phones have been lost down there. The problem with it is you can't see. So you need a flashlight. And then you also, when you put your hand down there, it's dangerous because it's all metal. So that was our last resort. We realized he lost it down there. The pilot came back. Yes, the, there were three pilots at the time. So one came back to help me to find it. We could not find it. Could not find it. Could not find it. Plane lands in uh, Saudi. Still couldn't find it. Day goes by. Still can't find it. Uh, the guy was pretty nice at first about it. He was pretty calm. So then we have to now fly from uh, Saudi to Europe. And the, <laughs> the chief pilot tells the owner, listen, we have a problem with, um, you know, the uh, pressurization. Do you want us to fly? Because pressurization in a plane is, uh, you know, how you stay alive. It's how you breathe, right? So he tells the owner that. 
the owner says, how bad is it? He said, we can make it, but it might be a little rocky or whatever. And he said, okay, all right, we'll do it. So we get on the plane, we start flying. Now the Saudi prince has started to come up to me in the galley. And that's when these people, they love to, you know, come up to you in the galley. So the passengers don't see that you're being a dick, right? So he comes up to me and he's kind of like, listen, if you or the pilots, you know, if you come across my phone, I'll give you a reward. How about a reward? And he started doing that and saying, and he kept coming up and doing that. It was really obnoxious and passive aggressive. I'd rather he just say, I, you stole the phone, you know, and just say it to me. You know what I mean? Instead of coming up five times when I'm trying to serve. Oh, food. so now, so now it's gone from, we lost it down the hole mm -hmm. of nothingness to you stole my phone. Yep. So now they think I stole mm -hmm. the phone and the guy is obviously an idiot because if you are connected to the iCloud and you go on the iCloud, you can check all your emails, you can check all that stuff, and you can see that I didn't even open anything or the pilots didn't open anything. So he keeps accusing me. He's doing this five times, and now there's whispers. As I'm serving, there's whispers around with the other Saudi passengers going, oh, he thinks you sold a phone. He th like, how uncomfortable is that for me? Okay, like, like obviously that's extremely nerve-wracking and uncomfortable. So in the midst of all this, we're going into descent. Remember, there's a pressurization issue, right? So uh, we go into descent, the pressurization automatically stops working. So what happens when that happens is the pilots have to manually adjust the pressurization, which by the way, you guys, even the best pilots, it's really hard to do because you're guessing it as you descend. It is not easy to do. Imagine landing a plane and then trying to guess this pressurization, right? So it did not go well and i'm sitting are, there are you just like are your ears hurting or like what's happening the ears hurting the ears are popping but then what happens is i'm washing dishes in the galley and all of a sudden i feel the coldest wind or air i have ever felt in my life and i want to tell people i've lived in eastern europe i've been in an ice hole at negative 40 degrees up in the arctic circle i felt cold uh, I've never felt cold like this to the point that I was like, have I been transported to the outside of the plane? I'm just dying now, you know? So your ears are popping, you're, you know, it's a headache. And then on top of it, this huge rush of wind comes in. I'm like, oh my God, I've never felt anything like it. The oxygen mask drop. So everyone's wearing the mask. I have to go into safety mode, you know, the whole thing, the whole nine yards. And the pilots are still, you know, manually adjusting. We make it down. Everything is fine. Everything's safe, which is fine. The owner gets up and literally just reams out the chief pilot, just like, go, which isn't his fault. And he's a great pilot and it wasn't his fault. And this is what kills me is when these owners go into the cockpit and they start reaming them out, telling them about their job. I'm like, you have no idea how to fly a, a plane. It's not easy. It's not hard, especially in that situation. Or it's, it's not easy. It's hard, especially in a situation like that. Right. So He's reaming out this poor chief pilot who's already taking it to heart and already upset. They get off the plane. We still can't find the phone. The phone's still not there. And I'm still being accused in the midst of all this, right? So they get off. Now, what people don't realize is we were in, let's just say, a Balkan country, right? So we're in a small, uh, small Eastern European country. They don't have Gulfstream parts. 
So what do you do? You have to contact Russia and then Russia has to get the parts over to you. So it's not easy. None of this is easy. You have to call your mechanic back in the US and you're on the phone with them. So the chief pilot and the pilot are calling Russia and then they're calling, you know, the mechanic back in the US and they're doing all this. And in the midst of this, the guy just got reamed out and I have to go up to him and say, we have to find this phone because they keep accusing me. So I felt terrible. And I told the guy, I said, listen, I said, it's the worst timing ever, but we have to find this phone because it's, I cannot take another five days of this or whatever. Yeah. The guy was nice enough to take apart the board once more, could not find it. He got his flashlight and found this shiny thing, this tiny speck, shiny speck down at the edge of the baseboard. It had slipped through, found the phone, ripped his whole hand, went down there retrieving it. The phone had not a crack on it. He brought it back up. We called them. They got the phone. So but then did you that get your reward. Oh, well, I'll tell you. So then that <laughs> night, <laughs> so that night, now I'm usually, you know, I, I'm a morning person. I'm a day person. I like to keep things, you know, on the up and up. So I really don't go out at night on these trips or whatever, but <laughs> not the chief pilot, but the pilot was 50 and had just gotten divorced. And have you ever met these people who've just gotten divorced who are like, I'm fucking free. Like I'm out of prison. Like, you know Party what I mean? Mode. Yeah. hundred percent. So he, so he wanted to go to a nightclub. We went to a nightclub. I'm not a nightclub person, by the way, keep in mind, I'm like 42 years old at this point in a nightclub with like 19 year old Eastern European women. Like it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's, it's hilarious. So we're in this nightclub that the poor chief pilot is, is literally crying into a drink on the on the couch the other guy is grinding on some poor tourist in you know on the dance floor or whatever and i'm like you know what i have a feeling i have this feeling because this is the only nightclub in this area that's hopping because we walked around and i turn around probably a few minutes later and there is the owner there's the saudi prince and the whole all the passengers just smiling and and waiting and I had to come over and hang out with them, which I did not want to do. And the Saudi prince came up and gave me a hug and said, thank you. He did not apologize, but he said, thank you so much. And he paid for our uh, bill, our VIP nice. bill. And um, that was it. Uh, the, uh, the other end of the story, the other funny part of the story was the chief pilot was so drunk, had to take him back to the hotel, which by the way, you guys, He's a responsible guy. He wasn't flying for three days, so there's, there was nothing wrong with him drinking a little bit. It was a hard day, right? Absolutely. Take him back to the hotel, and uh, he couldn't even make it into his room. So I opened the room with the you know key fob, whatever, and I literally took my foot and pushed him into the room and he just fell into the room and I don't know. And that's how the trip ended. So, <laughs> basically. so that's my craziest trip. That's awesome. So what are people going to going to find out about when they listen to your podcast, Corporate Flight, Flight Attendant Podcast? Like what, what do they get out of it? What do you talk about? What do you what, what do you dish over there? So I talk about how to get into the business. It's mostly for newbie flight attendants or people who want to be corporate flight attendants. Uh, I do a lot of, you know, talking about things like a uh, resume, how to do a good interview, and also really how to work with the rich. I, I talk about that a lot. That's a big part of the podcast because you have to be able to handle yourself in front of these people, especially in nerve wracking situations. When you're at 40,000 feet and you don't have something they want, I've seen some fantastic billionaire temper tantrums because when you tell these people they don't 
have something, <laughs> you don't have something, it doesn't go well a lot of the time. So you have to be able to handle that situation and learn how to handle that situation and just be able to literally look at that billionaire and say, listen, I don't have it, but I have this and I have that and that's it. You know, you can't sit there and stutter and say, I'm so sorry and blah, blah, blah. You can't do it. You have to have that confidence. Yep. Absolutely. My last question for you is I heard a rumor and this is like from an old interview that Bam or Jerry said more than 10 years ago. If you're flying with more than let's if you're flying with about like 15 people, it's cheaper to fly private than it is to fly commercial. Is that correct? It can depend. Yeah. It can depend. Absolutely. Especially if you have people who are in, you know, you're taking one trip and you've saved up for it for the entire year. And there's a bunch of people going in on that. I would agree with that. It, it can be, it depends on the plane. It depends on, do you want an older G4 where you can probably afford it versus that new shiny G650? It just, it absolutely depends. Um, but if you pick the older model, you can probably do it. And, oh, I have one more thing to add. Can I add one more thing? Yeah, of course. Of course. Sure. It has to do with your, uh, I loved your episode on assholes, like okay. who are assholes. And one of the people you said, um, and now I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys guess this one. Cause I can't say this one, but okay. one of the people you said, uh, who's a big female musician, Taylor Swift. Uh, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> she, you had said that someone, you had defended someone, another female musician, musician in regards to Taylor Swift and said, this person's a great person and blah, 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 and the whole nine yards. And I can tell you the opposite. I can tell you Ooh. that person. Um, so, okay. When you're on a charter flight, uh, it doesn't matter if you're Joe Biden, doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk, if you're Hillary Clinton, you have to show the pilots. It's FAA regulation to show the pilots your identification. They cannot take off if you have not shown your identification, right? You have to show okay. driver's license, passport. This person, I know because I was not on the um, I was not on the trip, but I, I fly with these pilots a lot or I flew with them a lot. And they flew this woman. And she refused to give them her passport, refused, said, I, you know who I am. I'm not getting my passport out, blah, 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 threw a fit to the point that the assistant had to go in her bag and get the woman's passport. So I just want to tell you that. I also want to tell you, since he's hot in the news now, that I, again, did not fly with him, but I, I know someone who, who flies, used to fly him a lot and said, Johnny Depp's a really good guy. And I've also met Will Smith. I forgot. Cause I know he's newsworthy now too. And I found him to be a really good guy at the time. So there you go. Oh, I love it. Well, Jennifer, <laughs> thank you for that. Nice guys. By the way, <laughs> I don't remember who the other person was with Taylor Swift. I may have to go back and listen to our episode yeah. now to get the, the end of that <laughs> blind item right there, but that was a good one. Thank you. You're People welcome. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you guys check out Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast to learn more about flying private. And hopefully, you know, there'll be one day that we all get to do that. But Jennifer Ciotta, thank you so much for stopping by. This was fun. Uh, we've never had a, a private flight attendant on the podcast. And so thank you for joining us and just giving us some tips on a world that we may never know about. 
<laughs> Thank you guys. I love this podcast. I'm a huge fan and just keep doing what you're doing because I love how you're so authentic. I really do. And you're bringing that into the world and you're just lifting the veil like I am today, lifting the veil of a secret industry. So thank you for everything you do. Awesome. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jen. So Dex, is that going to be the closest we're ever going to do be to flying private? Well, I plan on one day making lots and lots of money and not spending it on a private jet, but having someone else have me as a guest on a private jet. Yeah, you don't want to be the one to fly to pay for the jet. You just want to have a friend that's going to pay for it. Because to exactly. me, it's still a lot of money. I know a billionaire. Well, I, I don't know him. I see him on Instagram who uh, still flies commercial when he can. So when he's alone, when he's, out, when he's without his family, and I get it's probably easier and cheaper. Because um, when you have a bunch of kids and strollers and all that stuff, maybe it's probably easier to fly private. But when he's by himself, he still flies commercial. And I get it. Because it is a lot of money. It's but it's a like very nice dude. luxury. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's. I got invited. A friend of mine knew a multi-multi-billionaire. Who, my friend of mine who is an, uh, a comedian actor knew a guy who is a multi-multi-billionaire. I shouldn't say that, multi-multi-billionaire. No one knows how much money this guy has. However, if you follow him on social media, he's like this new celeb that's friends with all these celebrities, and he shows off his money, his lifestyle. I'm not going to name the guy, but names he, – he, he shows off his lifestyle on Instagram, has a plane, and he gave my friend the plane to fly from New York to L.A., so he was the only person on the plane. Oh, and, he's like, and I just got back from L.A. And he's like, listen, if you want to come on the plane with me, you're more than welcome to me. And I was just like, dude, I, I would love to. But I literally just got back. It's hard for me to just go right back out there after being here for a day. Like I was going to do yeah. it just for the experience. And I'm sure it's so nice. Um, yeah, it's got to be cool. That's awesome. Well, I think she, I think she has fun stories. I like hearing like you know, who's nice and, and you just what this life is like, because I have literally no concept of it. I cannot relate to private jets. It's just nothing I've ever really done. Nothing. I, you know, I'd like to, but I've never been there. So thanks again to Jennifer. Um, and thank you guys for uh, tuning in, listening to the Hollywood Rob podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure you that you follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. You can just search Hollywood Raw. We'll pop up there. Um, and then we also have this private Facebook page. It's Beyond the, the Rope, I think it's called. Is it Beyond the Velvet Rope? <laughs> Behind the Scenes. I totally forgot what the hell the name of our private group is. Um, but uh, you can join us there. That's, you know, ask us anything. Uh, ask us a question. We will respond to it um, and uh, get you hooked up into the private queue. You have to re you have to request it, though. You can't just add it yourself. We have to approve you and let you in. So it's our little private club there. Um, but anyway, thank you so much. You can follow me at, at Dax Holt. You can find Adam at Adam Glenn. And uh, we will see you guys later. A Huda Media Production.